Welcome to the Food and Beverage Insider Podcast, the source for the latest ingredients, formulation, supply chain, and regulatory issues affecting healthy food and beverage product innovation. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Today, I'm talking with Brandon Hernandez, co-founder of Whole Brain Consulting. If you'd like to see the full video of this conversation, you can see that on the Supply Side YouTube channel. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the next episode of Catching Up. I'm John Benninger, and today my guest is Brandon Hernandez, co-founder of Whole Brain Consulting, uh, a food industry consultancy that specializes in operations management, food safety, quality and compliance, and supply chain services. Uh, Brandon, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. Yep. Uh, it's, uh, it's great to have you here. I'm really looking forward to getting some of your perspective on what's going out there in the market and how companies are responding and how they should be responding. Uh, but before that, I always just like to say, uh, how are you? How are all of your colleagues there at Whole Brain Consulting? Uh, we're doing well. Um, I think uh, we're exceptionally grateful for you know where we happen to be. I think um, nobody wanted, nobody saw this coming, or to the extent that we thought it was going to be, and so. Um, Truly just appreciative of the ability to continue to uh, provide support to the, to the various members of the food industry that we work with. And uh, certainly looking forward to the day that we can have these conversations in person. But uh, as for right now, this is uh, the safer bet. And so we've made our pivot to, to be able to support. Uh, hopefully, you know, it, it becomes a template for the future, like a lot of people are doing, that this is a, the way that not only makes my life easier, but makes it safer. And, you know, we hope to continue that trend, but, uh, you know, for us, it's, it's been, it's been, uh, it's been a good transition for us. Um, we're incredibly lucky in that we were, uh, we were remote service to begin with anyways. And this just kind of, you know, kind of lent itself to that. Um, but I am happy. We'll be happy when we're back to business as usual. Um, I, I think the one part that we, me personally, I didn't anticipate was uh the how much i missed just the the trade show circuit like everybody goes oh i gotta go to this trade show i gotta go to that one and uh i think at this point it's like man i really did like seeing everybody face to face shaking their hand giving them a hug whatever the case may be um so i think that uh that personal relationship is helped obviously by video platforms but certainly uh when we can all get to back to some normalcy that'll be great too yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, well, obviously, we're in the trade show business. It's part of our business and in addition to the content. So we can't wait either. But I hear that from a lot of people on the B2B side, but also just on the, the human side, the social side. You know, I, I mean, my wife and I were talking. Uh, we just can't wait to go out to a dinner and uh, or hang with some friends and, you know, uh, go out and do kind of anything at this point. <laughs> would be great. Right, right. Anything that gets me out of the four walls of my house, that's yeah. what I'm shooting for. Yeah, right. yeah. So I think we're all looking forward to that. But but you know we're going to get there too. That's the other thing is uh, I'm an optimist. Uh, I think this is the time when we need that optimism, not uh, wishful thinking. Not you know we still need to be smart and and take all the steps. But you have to believe that we're going to get through this the best that we can and and come out the other side. And I'm looking at it seeing incredible innovation uh, that's been forced by this unfortunate circumstance. But uh, I'm seeing companies come up with just incredible ideas to maintain their businesses and, and all of that. I'm sure you probably 
are as well. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit about what you're seeing out there in the marketplace. You know, what companies that you work with uh, are doing or, or maybe what they should be doing in times like this to try and keep moving ahead, you know? Well, I think the biggest thing that we saw right out of the gate was that um, I, I, a good friend of mine that ru helps run uh, Perfect Snacks, he and I were talking about it, and he's like, this was the opportunity to dust off the business continuity plan, the opportunity to, for a brand to really look at what does our recall plan look like? Not because, you know, the FDA and the CDC came out and said, look, this is a communicable disease like anything else, even the USDA. Yeah. You need to treat it like that. Don't run around with your hair on fire because the interventions that you have will work, whether it's kill steps or HPP or whatever, yeah. those are going to still be, they're still going to be useful in this situation. So it's nothing that you need to do different. I think from our perspective, you know, it was never a, I think the biggest thing we see is that it was never a supply issue. Um, it's always been a demand one. And so we're looking at, we're talking with brands, obviously, all the time. We're working with our private equity partners that we do due diligence for, whatever. And we're what we're seeing is, is that everybody's like, I just don't know what to do with the demand numbers. You know, when you go from a 6 to 10% based online business to 60 overnight, yeah, that's, that's a hell of a pivot to have to make, especially when your brick and mortar falls apart. And that's where all your data was really driven from. Certainly. And so you know, skew rationalization, things that, you know, maybe pushing some R&D, some things that you may have in the pipeline or things that we're seeing. But from a supply chain standpoint, we were always, we were always saying it's once you get the demand figured out, the supply chain is there. Yeah. The ability to produce products is still there. The ability to, are, is it leading to longer lead times? Is it leading to certain aspects that maybe you weren't accustomed to of course everybody has to allocate time and effort and energy to um but this is where again like in our co-man sourcing business mm -hmm. when we talk to people on the co-man sourcing side the first thing we always tell everybody it's my job to find you the right co-packer not any co-packer i could there are other people in the industry that will produce a list or will you know for 500 bucks i give you a list or whatever the case whatever the monetary is to it yeah. The thing of it is, is that when you look at it, it's like, look, could I give you my beverage list? Sure. But if I put you in a facility that runs truckloads at a time and you need a pallet, right. I did you no favors. Yeah. And so realistically, this is just the opportunity to take a deep breath, to look at your supply chain. If I have unique ingredients, what can I do to, to procure a secondary supplier? Yeah. Um, and what do I do? I, I, I hope people are taking the long view and what we're trying to impart to people is take the long view that this isn't the first pandemic. It won't be the last. Hopefully it's the last one in our lifetimes. But realistically, there's going to be major breakouts of diseases. The more populous we get, the more we're on top of each other. It, it's going to happen. Again, the pointing back to you, what do you what does your business continuity plan say? And what you what I always tell everybody, even the branded side, you know, develop these things when you're not in a panic, yeah. because it's it's meant to be the blueprint for how you're going to conduct business in that in that time of crisis. You don't want to be developing it at the same time you're going through it. Absolutely. And so that's what we're trying to get through to people is that it's not once the demand numbers start to level out, you'll have a better sense of what's going to happen and we're also telling people it's like look though 
spins, IRI, Nielsen, those are all great data points to have. But realistically, the way the world is right now, pay attention to what Amazon's doing. Pay attention to what Walmart's doing, what Kroger's doing. Uh, why? Because they have consumer demand the second that it shifts because they have point of sale access. The second that that consumer behavior shifts, they're going to shift with it. And so you keep an eye on all that data, the spins, the IRA, because it's valuable data. Yeah. But also keep an eye on, it seems very elementary, but it's a keep an eye on the weekly ads. What are the weekly ads in those places doing? Yeah. It's just a real, it's a, it's a, you know, four or five days lag. And you can start to kind of see what the trends are looking like and try and start to tease some data away from it. Yeah, I think that, it, it's worthwhile. It's that ground knowledge. It's real time. It's happening. And, and, you know, there's so much disruption right now that on one hand, it can be a little overwhelming, but we just need to pay attention. Like you say, you, you know, keep an eye out. Things change pretty quickly now. You know, there can be uh and geographically, you know, what is happening right now in one state or region might be different than what's happening in another state or region, especially in times like this when there's so much variation. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So uh, have the it, as you work with your regular clients that you've been working with for months or years or, or what have you, um, have they have you seen uh, a change in the type of stuff that they're, you know, needing help with from you? Uh, where there are, you said the business continuity plan, hopefully you already had a really good one in place. If not, you right. know, that's, that's kind of where you need to start. But what else are you seeing just in your interactions with, with clients? I think the biggest, the biggest things that we're seeing right now, one, again, is the lack of a secondary supply, the lack of understanding sort of what their landscape may or may not to be need to be. Yeah. Um, I would say the second one is if they're self-manufacturing, um, it is a, how do we, how do we beef up whatever food safety we already have in place? And that's something where we're, you know, uh, the first week that this happened, I mean, we had a large bakery out of, out of Canada with eight manufacturing sites reach out and it was like, well, what would you do above and beyond? We don't want to just make sure that manufacturing is safe. What do we do to keep our office employees safe? What do we do to keep, uh, you know, they were social distancing and, and all that weeks and weeks and weeks before the USDA or the CDC said to, because we recognize and they recognize this is something that needs to happen. So a lot of people pivoting to, to put money into uh, physical barriers or whatever the case may be, extra hand washing stations, um, foot baths. I, you know, one of the first things I told people is like, even you would, you wouldn't believe a can of Lysol at the office door, people spraying their shoes before they go walking through the office. It's not something you normally think about, but if you're looking for, you know, next level sort of ideas around, is it a requirement in a food safety on? Absolutely not. If you're looking to protect your employment base, though, shoes are, shoes are obviously a vector for those kind of things. So spray your shoes. That seems simple, but it's not something that everybody always does. So um, from that perspective, and then I think really realistically, you know, it has magnified potentially a manufacturing issue that you may or you, you did or you may not have known was that bad. Um, again, that goes to the right-sizing a manufacturer as opposed to just any manufacturer. And I think that's brought a lot of that to the surface for some of our clients that um, 
They had these manufacturers already. They didn't want moved. They just wanted help with their supply chain. Okay, we'll, we'll step in and help you. I'm not here to force you to do anything. If, the, if you're happy there and you have a good relationship, stay there. I, no reason for me to re, remake that wheel for you. But what we have seen and what's exacerbating some of the smaller to mid-sized brand is, is that I was in the, I was in the Cadillac of gluten-free bread manufacturing, right? I just, I, I'm just pulling something out, but I was, a, I was in a great place that was super clean, did everything I needed to, uh, you know, was I, was I a smaller client? Yes. But this has brought to light that even your manufacturing resource may have to go to line allocation. And that's where the smaller businesses get bit because when I can produce five days straight of company a, because they take five days straight of manufacturing and you only take five hours, that's starting to exacerbate that a little bit with what we're seeing. Um, or it's, it's just magnified it to the point that people realize, oh, no, I, I really was in a place that maybe I should or shouldn't have been. Um, and so we're doing a lot of discussions around that um, because realistically, are manufacturers still picking up the telephone? Absolutely. But the time horizon from the point they pick, first pick up the phone to actually being able to produce with them has, has grown a lot. You know, you've gone from four week, four, six weeks, and you're producing a, your first line trial, potentially three months that, you know, I, I can't make that pivot now fast enough. And so um, it's kind of highlighted those things for people. The hope is, is that they're starting to, it'll be a, a, an inflection point for them to be able to kind of push themselves forward. It's just something to tease through and have to work through right now. All right, put you on mute there for just a second because I had, uh, you know, here we are. I'm in my kitchen slash office slash studio. And so somebody rang the doorbell and the chihuahuas went crazy. But uh, <laughs> you might have heard just a little bit of that before I was able to get to that mute button there. That's all right. I'm waiting for a three-year-old to come screaming through here any minute. That's you, know what? That's the way. you know, that's one of the things that this whole crazy thing we're going through together collectively. Um, you know, we're all getting to see each other like in a you know, a kind of a more personal way in some cases. Certainly trade shows are great and I can't wait to get back and shake a hand and give a hug and, and all that too. But I've gotten to know so many of our, our partners and our clients and our colleagues, you know, kids and dogs and, you know, it, uh, uh, it's a little bit of comfort as we all go through this together, I think. Yeah, absolutely. You get to see all the, uh, I think it's more being able to sit somewhere and go, okay, good, it's not just me. Totally. Right? Oh, thank God. I'm not the only one that, you know, a three-year-old comes screaming through or the dog barks at the doorbell. Like, <laughs> right. Good. Not yeah. the only one trying to figure that out. Like, it, it makes you feel better that it's uh, not only is it a common issue, but it's also a common, we're just all, we're all the same at, yep. at one level or another. We're all eventually the same. You bet. You bet. So, you know, that's, again, it gives me that faith and that optimism that we're all going to get through this together by like, uh, and you know what, I think we're going to come out of it really strong. I think that companies and organizations and communities and individuals, as we get through this, like every other major crisis that we survive, uh, it makes us stronger on the other end and drives a lot of innovation and uh, a lot of, uh, as crazy as it sounds, some good things will come out of this, I think. Um, that human connection and, you know. Well, absolutely. I think one of the first things I said to uh, probably it was probably the second or third one of these that we did i was like i just i said look the pandemic of you know the spanish flu pandemic didn't 
of 18, 18 or 19, 18 and 19 didn't keep us from having the war roaring twenties. Was life a little different? Yeah, it was, but it didn't keep us from pushing forward together. And not that any of this was ever going to really stop us from pushing forward together. It just, again, that's the, don't describe me how dark the damn tunnel is. Tell me what the light at the end of it looks like. It, that's, that's sort of what I, the play is or the, the, the conversation that I think needs to happen more is that manufacturing is not going away. You know, I, I was, I'm still of the mind that the food industry goes down at the same time or right after healthcare. People have to eat. They absolutely have to eat. That's why you see government stepping in, why you see them. You have to do this. You have to do that. Whether you agree with the order or not, the point is, is that, that they are going to let this part of the world, this part of the business sector collapse very last, which means that those of us that are in it need to keep pushing to make it as safe as possible and to keep people as in stock as possible. And those are, those are the ways that we continue to push forward. And, uh, and, and that's ultimately how we're going to get through it together, right? Like it's just, we're all going to get through it together. It just would, you know, Right now, you're just trying to judge the distance of the light at the end of the tunnel. How yeah. far or close am I to it? It's still there. And we're, I'm very optimistic, as you are, I'm sure, that, you know, is it going to be different coming out of it? Sure. sure. But I think it's good. We do what we always do as human beings. We take the best parts away from it. And yeah. that's what you're going to do. You know, the video conferences, the ability to interact face-to-face without actually having to be with mm-hmm. that person. I think those are all, I don't think those are all terrible things. I think those are things that we'll take away and, you know, keeps it, keeps move travel to the essential bucket, right? Yeah. That's what it'll right. eventually move it to. Yeah. Yeah. And we have an incredible ability to adapt. You know, that's something that, like I say, whether you think back on the, the housing and the banking crisis and, you know, wait, and, uh, or, you know, the hor- horrific 9 11 uh, stuff. I mean, any, crisis, large or small that we encounter, we, we adapt and, and we figure out, okay, uh, what do I need to do now? How do I need to be flexible? And uh, and that's what's going to happen here as well. We all wish it would happen sooner uh, rather than later, but um, some of that we can't entirely control and, and that's okay too. Being uncomfortable, being comfortable, being uncomfortable is kind of an important part of it as well. That's what we're finding with uh, a lot of our folks, you know, we've got just like you, I have colleagues who have young kids. My kids aren't young. I'm an empty nester, but you know, you're trying to be a teacher, a home homeschooler, a, a parent, a, an employee and all at the same time. It's, uh, it's incredible. The effort that I'm seeing from people uh, to make all that happen and somehow, you know, keep it all held together. So that gives, gives me great faith, uh, there. Um, what about consumer trends that's something that i'm fascinated to see what happens like you said keep an eye on you know amazon and walmart and and these different data points and all that um what's your, what's your take on that as we start to move through this and get to the other side a little bit uh, are there some changes that you think are gonna stick i mean more people are cooking food at home now more people are probably learning how to cook things or eat things that weren't part of their everyday routine uh, prior to this, uh, and there's probably a hundred other things going on that are going to maybe change behavior as well. Wondering what uh, your and, and your firm's take is on that. So I think from my perspective, our perspective is that um, you saw uh, you saw an immediate change in consumer demand or behavior the second that stay-at-home orders went out. 
I think now what you're going to see is as they start to lift, it'll be tied. People will go out to their level of comfort, right? Like if, if I continue to see numbers rise, even in my given region or whatever, I may opt to stay home. You know, one of the things that uh, we were on the call with Excel Foods, I think it was last week, and they brought up the fact that, you know, this is the first time that people are sitting at home, not only working, but they're making lunch for themselves. And so they're seeing, they're seeing a shift in behavior of, holy crap, look how much trash I'm generating. Look how much, like there's a, there's a certain, um, so there's a certain perspective of that. They haven't had to look at it. It's not, when I yeah. eat as an individual out in the world uh, during my workday, it's kind of nebulous. I have, you know, three pieces of trash and I throw it away. I do it for an entire family of four or five. All of a sudden my trash fills up that much faster. Um, so you have some, you have some people that are really starting to take a look at continuing to, to push for sustainability, to continue to push for, uh, but you know, the meal at home, you know, people are diving into their cookbooks and all that. And realistically that I think is going to be tied more towards when is it going to be okay for me to go to a restaurant again? Yeah. Right. Um, whether, whether, whether it's recognized or not, even, even with like uh, the specialty food there is, you know, the, the, the high end granolas, the high end yogurts, all that stuff, you know, that's a, that's a status symbol thing in some, for some people. And so, you know, I can't be in my Instagram showing you how I'm working out today or where I'm at in the park or, you know, so I think some of it will play, it'll be sort of a threefold. What, what are the States and the federal government doing to hold, are they still holding people home? Does summer really bring the relief that we all hope it does from a, from a number standpoint? Um, and then what are the restaurants going to do? If I have to continue to cook for myself, yeah. well then yeah, demand, demand shift is going to maintain the way that it is. And you know, the, everybody will adjust what, what we guarded, what we told everybody to guard against the first two weeks that this was really happening in the stay at home orders and all that from the branded side is do not react to the demand numbers you're seeing now, whatever, whatever your historicals were for 90 days, whatever your year over year reviews were maintain those numbers because do not base everything you do in the next 90 days on the next 30, because yeah. it's going to be a skew it's going to be, this is when uh, we were talking, everybody, I remember the first three phone calls that I, that I had, you know, about toilet paper. Right. We're going to have piles and piles of toilet paper in the, in the, uh, and it's like, not if you have a good supply chain person, a yeah. good supply chain person knows this is a blip, knows how to adjust for it and to bring themselves back. So don't, don't, don't set your life based on this number. Let's just, let's look and see what it evens out to. And then we can move forward with with your sort of plans and everything. But if you take every dollar you have yeah. and put it in the inventory based on this one demand number, yeah, you're going to create more headaches for yourself than you ever would have. If you just stayed the course and kind of waited, waited it out to see what happened. Yeah, I agree. It will flatten. It will return to some normal. Uh, that was a spike and hopefully companies didn't do that. Hopefully companies didn't do that panic buying like we saw with toilet paper and, and whatever else is next, you know, like you say, now with the meat issues that are in the media and all that, and some of these issues with some of these plants, yeah, I guarantee you there's people out there buying way more meat than they really need to have on hand right now, you know? Uh, well, one thing, especially if it's, I mean, an, animal protein continues to get a bad rap and you, the move to plant-based and all that, but the fact of the matter is the three, the three or four largest 
animal protein producers were allowed to aggregate their assets into basically a dozen manufacturing sites. Mm -hmm. This is what happens when you have a concentration of business like that. However, there are over 800 registered processing sites across the U.S. So if you can't get, if you go to your store, like I'll take just a, for instance, I'm in Colorado, I'm in Northern Colorado. And if I go to the Kroger or the Safeway and the, and the shelf is empty, I know that there are three processors within a stone's throw of my house yeah. that I can just drive there and buy it from there. And right. I don't have to buy a half an animal or anything like that. I just buy what I need. Yep. And so I think the, the ability to kind of look at where you're at in the region and if that's something that you really, really want, there's a way to keep that food on your, on your plate and not have it be what everybody else is having to go through. You just, you know, you're going to have to change your buying behavior, Yeah. but that's, there's ultimately that, that stuff will be there if you need it. It's again, yeah, we can't panic. You know, that's when bad decisions get made and uh, whether it's in the personal life and how we're running our households and our families and our communities or, or whether it's in our businesses, uh, not many good decisions come out of panic. So, um, got to keep calm hence the uh, the coffee cup i have you know keep calm and carry on if we keep doing that i think we're going to be fine so um right uh, i always like to um wrap up with a couple of things uh first off um you know what in this trying time it is a trying time uh, but what keeps you positive what keeps you hopeful and uh, focused as you say not on how dark the tunnel is but you know on the future what what Get, what brings that for you? Um, I think for me, I think for me and everything that we see, you know, I've always subscribed and I tell all of our employees or whomever, find a small win and find a small win in a day. You know, there, you know, whether it's, I got, and make it something simple. Like I got to go outside with my kids today. You, you used to take it for granted. Yeah. Oh, I can go outside whenever I want and I can spend time with my kids, you know, in between trade shows or whatever the case may be. And I think this is kind of pushed to the front that, you know, no, I, I accomplished these things today. And that's, a, that's not a, this is, a, I think too many people say, this is all I accomplished mm. instead of just taking the, I got this done today, you know, take, take credit for what happened today. And you know, what, what I think for me, the continued resiliency I see in our business not whole brain. I mean, mm-hmm. as an industry, yeah. the continued resiliency, I see the continued, um, uh, how can I put it? the, uh, the rising tide lifts all boats, right? Like I'm here with you. I'm grateful to be here with you to have this conversation, but these kind of conversations are kind of happening all over and they yeah. just happened overnight. And I think it, I think it should give us, you know, I always say the food industry is the, 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 biggest small industry in the world, right? Like just everybody sort of knows everybody. And uh, it's amazing how fast everybody, everybody that I spoke with within that first week was, how do I help? How do I make sure that this continues? How do we make sure that, you know, whatever small brands are lost, let's keep it to the minimum, even big brands. How do we help make sure that us as an industry kind of pull, pull each other forward I think that's probably what gave me the greatest um, optimism was that no matter what's going on, no matter how what's happening outside, that 
somehow we've all found a way to rally, whether it's 12 of us, 1,200, 12,000. We found a way to rally and to support each other. And my hope would be that we, we can all look at that and be more than grateful and appreciative of the industry that we're all blessed to work in, the people that we have the opportunity to know and to interact with. Hopefully we carry that forward and don't take the next handshake. Don't take the, the next hug for granted that, that, uh, and that we were all here for each other when we needed each other the most. And I think that's what should give everybody optimism every damn day that they wake up. There's somebody somewhere having a webinar, having a teleconference, having whatever that, you know, you may only draw five minutes out of value in that hour, but that five minutes may mean the difference to whether your business survives or not. Yeah. And uh, I think that's probably what's given me the most optimism is the, the, the industry's ability to sort of come together in a hurry. The, the, the industry absolutely does that comes together and I've seen it over and over and over uh, during my uh, 25 years in, in the market and it's a beautiful thing and it's uh, it, it is what's going to get us through that's right up there on my list too it gives me faith especially having these conversations like this and I've had about a dozen of them so far and what I hear over and over because I always ask that same or a similar question toward the end and what I hear over and over is in some form what you just said, faith in people, faith in our industry, uh, people are rising up to the challenge and, uh, and we're going to get through it. So, uh, you know, it's going to be okay. Um, this is a tough one, but it's not impossible. And there's so much good work going on right now by so many smart, uh, dedicated, uh, compassionate people that, uh, yeah, this is when the, the best of our industry shines, I think. Uh, final question so. for you. Final question for you. Uh, what sport are you most looking forward to eventually being able to watch again? We were chatting. Uh, just for those in the audience, uh, we were had, had a little back and forth on this, so this isn't coming completely out of left field. But you know, uh, I got to say, for me, it's anything competitive. I'll, I'll watch. Uh, I'll watch literal dodgeball at this point. Um, <laughs> I got. I would say. Uh, I mean, for me, it, it, anybody that knows me even relatively well, it's always the football season. Yeah. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love hockey and basketball and all that. But realistically, um, you know, I, I think for me, the, the first preseason football game or whatever, you know, I'll, it'll be like the Super Bowl at my house. Awesome. Um, yeah. But uh, I, I think that's probably I mean, I'm also a big Premier League soccer fan. If they want to get going too, hey, I'm I'm all for watching that too. So um, again, I think that that ties more to the uh, us leading back to the normalcy, right? Like getting back to sort of a normal pattern of behavior. So at this point, I I'll take anything. Um, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we were joking about the Ocho for those of you who have seen the movie Dodgeball and all that. But seriously, yeah come up with some kind of a sport that I can watch, and I'll probably be watching it right now. So, uh, but again, we'll get there. Uh, it'll happen, and uh, if you know if there's anything that we in Forma uh, can do uh, for your organization or any of your clients, uh, just let us know. You know, we have certainly we're known for the trade shows and the events, Natural Products Expo West, and Vita Foods and Supply Side, and and all these show food ingredient shows around the world that we operate. But we do a lot of other stuff too. We've got market data and and resources. So for you or any of the the brands out there, uh, we're in that boat with you. And if there's anything we can do to uh, support any of these uh, companies, large or small, um, consider as partners in that. 
Absolutely, 100%. And that goes the same for us. We're always grateful for our uh, existing and ongoing relationship with you all at Informa. And um, we don't ever take any of that for granted. We're obviously, we're very appreciative for everything that you you all do for the industry, with the industry. Um, and so uh, we we know uh, you're, you guys are a great trusted resource and we're, we're always happy to, to partner with you guys in any way, shape or form. And uh, anything that we can do, obviously, to help support it, there's never too big an ask. So please don't, uh, please don't be afraid to do so. I appreciate that. So yeah, everybody check it out. If you don't know, uh, Whole Brain Consulting, just Google them, they'll pop right up. A uh, great organization. And if you're one of these businesses uh, that is struggling with uh, some of this right now, there, there's probably uh, some help out there for you. So uh, Brandon, appreciate you joining us and taking some time today. I know it's a really busy time for everyone. And uh, maybe we can catch up again a little bit further out when uh, we get uh, some more clarity about, you know, uh, what the horizon looks like here. But I uh, really appreciate you sharing your perspectives with all of us today. Uh, thank you so much for having me. And I look forward to the next one. All right. All right.